Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Today, my guest is Jessica Wolgamuth, author of Bop It and No More COVID. It's an adorable picture book about a cute little bunny named Bop It and how he and his friends learned to cope through the pandemic, finding fun in the new normal. Before we get started, here's the inside scoop on the author. Jessica Wolgamuth is a country prairie girl who grew up on a little hobby farm passionate about animals. Her two favorite bunnies were named Flip and Flop. Now, with nieces and nephews spending hours chasing their own bunnies, she couldn't help but imagine what life would be like if bunnies lived in a sort of people world, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. To learn more about Jessica Wolgamuth and her work, visit her Etsy shop, The Hidden Pine Tree. Well, hi, Jessica. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Hello, Sherry. I'm so happy to be here with you today, and I'm really excited to be talking about my book. Absolutely. So to kind of kick things off, why don't you tell us about your book? What is Bop It and No More COVID all about? It's about a cute little gray bunny that faces real life in the COVID world. And he gets told that COVID is here and life must be different. And he doesn't like his new life of staying at home at all and wearing the masks and whatnot. But in spite of all the restrictions, he still is able to find fun in the new normal and he occupies himself with jumping over his bunny hole and doing silly things with his friend Cracker. Cracker's at his hole and Boppet's at his own hole and they have a contest of who can jump the highest and sometimes they even do somersaults which usually ends up in a big mess for them and old Mr. Pillsbury comes hopping through Bouncerville and he gives them the wonderful news that COVID is soon over and The bunnies are absolutely overjoyed and are so excited. They all do happy little squeaks jumping around their bunny holes. And (laughs) and the bunnies dream of things they're going to do when COVID is over. And they're just living for the moment that COVID is over. And yeah, eventually their problem does get solved. And Boppet comes with some terrifically good news. I love it. I love it. So is this book your debut in the writing world? Yes, it is. I grew up, I kept thinking how fun it would be to write a children's story and, and also to illustrate it, since I've loved to draw and paint and do art and that kind of thing. And I thought I'd probably have time to get around to it when I was like 50 or so. <laughs> But here I am at 28 years old, and I have my first kid's book published. I just can't believe it. And some days I look at my book, and I'm just amazed at how I've actually gotten this far. And the book is actually been published and and my name is on the front as the author and the illustrator. That's so exciting. Congratulations. That's you're you're a little ahead of schedule, so that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So what inspired you to actually sit down and write this particular story? Oh, that's a good question. In the summer of 2020, I found myself in Manitoba. That's where I grew up and I had been currently teaching school in Vanderhoof, BC, and I ended up just coming home for the summer and it was COVID, so lockdown. It was mm. kind of a, a little lockdown, but I don't think it was, it wasn't the worst case. So I was at home and 
my folks had moved off the farm, and my brother and sister-in-law and their two small boys moved onto the farm. And they bought a couple bunnies for their little boys to take care of and to chore and whatnot. And I would often go over there, and I would get out of my vehicle, and the little boys would be at the door telling me, come look at the bunnies, come look at the bunnies. <laughs> and so we would head out to the cage, and we'd look at the bunnies. And at one time, I got there, and the boys were at the door of my vehicle, and they are like, there's only one bunny in the cage. Well, that was a really bad sign. Uh-huh. And my sister-in-law had just planted her garden, and it was coming up beautifully, and I knew that if there was only one bunny in the cage, the rest were out on the yard somewhere. And that meant the garden was at high risk of disappearing before my (laughs) sister-in-law could actually get to it herself. So it was interesting. There were bunnies hopping around all over the place. You never knew where you'd see them. And finally, I was staying at my folks. I was living there. And I got a call and they asked, would you please come help us catch bunnies for the evening? Well, okay. (laughs) So I got excited. Who would turn down such an adventure? So I went over there and we got long wooden sticks and we got a huge fishing net and we were determined to catch these little rascals and they have a long hedge and it was right close to where the cage was and they have also a, the old red garden shed that I have in my Boffett book where Oreo lives mm-hmm. and we would poke our long sticks into the hedge of the trees there and there was kind of tall grass and we thought if we poked enough then we would see the bunnies jumping and we were about to flush them to the end of the hedge and then there was the other person with the huge fish net that we were going to get down on top of the bunnies <laughs> as we caught them and well the idea was terrific we had a wonderful method but the success was terrible <laughs> we poked away and we got the bunnies bouncing and jumping right till the end and somehow by the time we got to the end of the hedge there was not a bunny in sight like they just plum disappeared and we tried that again and again and again. We flushed that head and no bunnies. By the time we got to the end, there was no bunnies. And they are kind of unpredictable. So sometimes we would be poking away and all of a sudden they jumped straight for us. And it was like it would scare us and we'd laugh and <laughs> have a good time. And, and we'd get the fish net over there and just like that, the bunny was gone. So anyways, this happened quite a few nights. And throughout the summer, we were determined to catch these little rascals and they would also end up under the little red shed, the, the garden shed. And we would look under there and we'd poke a little ways. And sure enough, we'd shine our flashlights under there because it was dark. And we looked between the beams and we would see little silhouettes of bunnies in there, their little ears and their little fluffy bodies. And mm-hmm. we knew they were under there. So we'd keep poking and hopefully they would pop out the other side and we'd get the net on top of them. Well, we'd poke a little bit and we'd look under there and there was not a bunny in sight. So for some reason, like they were magical. They just disappeared. There obviously was a hole in the hedge and there was a hole under the shed and they'd made little burrows and things and whatnot. And it was just pretty much impossible. By the end of summer, we had caught, I think they had had four bunnies and we had, there was only one in the cage. So three of them were out and we had caught two of them and put them back in the cage. But the one was super hard to get. And so anyways, one time we were out to catch that one last bunny And we realized that there was a lot more than just one bunny jumping around. So Mm -hmm. once again, they were magical. What had happened? We had (laughs) caught all of them. We went back to the cage and they were in the cage except the one. Well, in the meantime of them all being out, they had reproduced and there was a whole family of bunnies hopping around the yard. Oh my goodness. 
so that was kind of ridiculous. So we had more bunnies than we bargained for to catch. And I had to go back to BC and teach. And anyhow, I got word from them that they had caught all the bunnies and the little boys had fun giving them to some of their friends and whatnot. So they decided that that many bunnies was a few too many for them. But they it sure created a lot of good laughs for us and a lot of funny memories that summer. So yeah. anyways... After those kind of those evenings of bunny chasing, one of them, I had gone back to my parents for the night, and I was thinking this crazy story of bunnies living in a COVID world. Like COVID was just so in our minds, and it was like the top discussion all the time, and it was just it was so new and everything. And mm-hmm. like, what if these bunnies lived in a COVID world, and what if they had just the same problems we did, and and what if all of a sudden there is a solution, a simple bunny solution to the end of COVID? And and so that one night I couldn't sleep, and it was probably 1230. I was, I was like, I'm going to just get up and write down this story, because I was kind of in, quite enthused about it. And so I got up, and it took about 10, 15 minutes. I wrote down my story, and I went right back to bed, and I fell asleep, like, right away. Oh, my gosh, so, that's amazing. And the next morning, I woke up and I looked at my story. And as I was reading my story, I knew exactly some of the pictures I was going to portray from the story. Like, I knew exactly how I was going to illustrate them. And that just got me all fired up. And I decided to start painting exactly that day. So I got out my papers and my paints. And I started painting and I created some of those first captions I wanted. Like, I wanted them to be clear and yeah, and that's how the process started, I guess. And it didn't take long, and I was becoming more inspired with other pictures, and my book was starting. <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing story. I love that. That is so sweet. And I love how it just happened, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, when creativity knocks, you just got to answer, you know, and that's what you did. It's yeah, amazing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, you were talking about the farm and all, and, and for those that may not know, because you grew up on a hobby farm, what is a hobby farm, and, and what kind of animals did you have? So a hobby farm, I would say, was just a farm with a variety of animals and just pretty much anything when it comes to the animal world, I would say. I would have grown up on the farm with horses, pigs, milk cows, sheep, goats, rabbits, chickens, geese, ducks, birds, inside birds, and dogs, cats, of course, all the things. And my parents would use the pigs for sausage and bacon, of course. So we would raise them for a year, and then we would have a three-day butchering, Mm -hmm. whatever, episode, whatever. It would just be a big couple fun days of butchering the pigs, I guess. And the milk cows, mom would always make cheese and, Mm. and butter and sometimes try making yogurt and all those kind of fun things with the milk. And... Let me see. The chickens, of course, we had chickens, broilers to put in the freezer. We also had laying hens for eggs and geese. Mom would grow geese. She didn't very often, but sometimes she would, and then she would keep it down for feather blankets. And I actually even have my own feather blanket from my mom. Mm. So that's really fun for me. Yeah. And then just, yeah, just the regular other fun little pets that we all, like, as us children grew up, then we would get a pet for a gift. And we'd raise it as long as we could, and and it would just be fun like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds so nice. (laughs) (laughs) 
So did growing up on this farm influence your decision to use animals as your main characters? Yes, it actually did. Growing up on the farm and taking care of the animals and doing the chores and things, I'd often go around watching the animals and I would I would think of them in kind of like a human life. Like I would imagine them to have feelings and imagine them to be friends with each other. And, and I would create these little stories in my head of how they were getting along or what was going on when they fought or what was going on when the sheep escaped the pen. Like how it was all going in their minds. I just, mm. I love to imagine that. And therefore with these little bunnies that we were chasing, I obviously did that again. And I was just thinking like, what if they were in a human world? And what if they faced some of the same problems we did and we just can't see it and we can't communicate with them in their language. And so we don't know. Right. Mm. And so it's kind of fun for me to imagine those kind of things. And I've done that kind of all my life. And that's, kind of where I go with my stories, my children's stories like that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think kids relate to animals very well, especially at the age group of your picture book, uh, because everyone can relate to animals in one way or another. The story is not of one little girl that looks like this little girl, but not like that little girl. And you know, it's not. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. So I think they can identify more with animals more universally. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And animals are so simple. Like, you can pretty much imagine what you want of them. Because I mean, really, we don't completely understand them and stuff. So it's, we can just imagine what it's like. And it's easier. Yeah, yeah. Now, you mentioned your book came out in October 2020. So depending on where you live, the initial lockdowns were lifted, but it was still pre vaccine. And there were still a lot of restrictions. And your story, Bop It and No More COVID, plays out a little differently than reality. With, you know, the bunnies able to prepare to get back to some semblance of normal anyway. At the time of publication, what message did you hope readers took away from your story? And has that message changed at all since we're now going into our third year of living with COVID-19? That's a really, really good question. So... Mainly what I wanted my book to uh, do for people, I wanted it to be a ray of light during the pandemic and a little bit of hope and cheer for those that were stuck at home. And in spite of how miserable sometimes some of us felt at the beginning when we were so trapped at home and we had to wear the masks and life was so not normal, Boffitt also faced those same struggles and he didn't enjoy it. He had a really hard time accepting just being at home but in spite of that he lifted up and he found joy in the simple things at home he learned to love his life in spite of the difference mm. that are as different as it was from before covid and i want people to to look at that and say well i can find fun in my new normal as well we just need to find this little simple things to embrace and to enjoy instead of always focusing on how terrible it is now and how good it was back then and mm-hmm. you know like I wanted them to see that it still can be a good time and also I wanted people to the children especially to look back and see the pandemic as just a moment in their life not something that lasts forever I know sometimes it feels like it does or did or has or will mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to ruin the quality of our lives and Maybe there will always be things that are a little bit different and now than pre-COVID, but we don't need to dwell on those things. We need to just embrace life and find joy in the simple things. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what kind of feedback have you received from readers on Bop It and No More COVID? To be really honest, I, I don't have any great story to tell about feedback I've got, but it is fun to hear what people say. Like, I hear a lot of positive, simple feedback coming back. All oh, the kids love it. And, and one mom actually messaged me and she was like, I'm reading this Bop It No More COVID for the eighth time today. <laughs> And my girl just wants me to read it again and again and again. And she said she could just read and stop mid-sentence and her girl could just finish it off. She loved the story so much. And she knew the storyline. She knew exactly how it went. And yeah. and that was fun to hear that there's kids just loving my book like that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a sure sign when they want to read your book 20 times. You know you've got a winner yeah. there. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now, you have nieces and nephews. Are they the target age for your reading audience? Yes, kind of, I would say they were. My two um, little nephews that own the bunnies that I talked about in the story, they would have been about four and one. Mm. And so I kind of targeted that age, maybe a little more advanced than that. And I had other nephews and nieces that were older than that. But it doesn't feel like they completely understood the effort and the time and the money and stuff mm. um, which is fine there's a little children eight but one of my nephews he was pretty determined he wanted to be like me and and write a book and draw the pictures too he was going to and he wondered if I would help him well sure I wouldn't I didn't think it would last very long but I wasn't sure but I thought I'd be enthused for him and yeah um, he thought if his aunt could write a book, of course, he could too, right? It can't be that hard. <laughs> so he starts by writing up the story, and he never quite got down the story, I don't think, and he started drawing the pictures. And he got about two or three pictures in, and he comes to me, he's like, Auntie, I'm sick and tired of drawing pictures. When you draw pictures for a book, it's just, you have to draw both the same thing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, yes, that's exactly how it goes. And I think that's as far as he got. He just got pumped too sick and tired of drawing about the same thing all the time. <laughs> well, kudos to him for giving it a shot. He might change his mind as he grows up. <laughs> exactly. And I hope he does. And then maybe then I can help him and tell him how my journey went and yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Now, your illustrations are just fabulous. How long have oh, you, thank you... I mean, you're obviously an artist. Are you an artist by trade or is this a hobby? How long have you been working with your art? I've always done drawing. I've always enjoyed drawing with a pencil and I've never actually taken any schooling. I've never done any classes, nothing. Mm. I pretty much self-taught myself to draw and then I slowly got into the paint a little and I knew acrylics wasn't down my line really. I wanted to try something that I don't know, something watercolor. So I got into that. And the more I did that, the more I realized that was just exactly what I wanted. And now anymore, I hardly, hardly ever actually take a pencil and paper and draw a good old sketch like I used to. Mm. But I just love my watercolors. And that's pretty much all I use wow. I do for my art now. And yeah, that's just, it's just gone from there. Wow. So you don't draw the pictures out first. You just do it all? Well, I do. I do draw like a simple little sketch, but it's not like a fine art. Or... I see. Yeah. Okay. Is Bop It and No More COVID the first picture book you've illustrated? Yes, it actually is. It was a big step. And yeah, since then, I have done a lot of painting, just simple 
painting, I um, watercolor art, and I have that available on my Etsy store, and I'm selling someone there. And since I've written this book, I've actually had a friend ask me to illustrate her book, and that book is actually just finished in the last month, and it's been published, and it's called The Little Red Hen Who Couldn't Lay an Egg. She oh. wrote the story, and I illustrated the book, and it's about the same level, I would say, as my blocket book, and kind of the same illustrations. It's all about chickens in the chicken hutch and the, the little white chicken barn and whatnot. So it's kind of the same idea, just a chicken world, and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun to illustrate. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you were considering illustrating other picture books, because a lot of people can write children's books, but not everyone can illustrate. So you can do both. That's wonderful. But I'm guessing that you will probably be sought out by some folks to illustrate their books, and, and you already have, and that's wonderful. I really enjoy that. I, I love to illustrate, and yeah, I have actually have my second Boppet book. It's uh, another book that's a sequel to Boppet, No More COVID, and it's actually about the bunnies and everything. And I have that one about half illustrated at the moment. I'm working at the illustrations, and I have the storyline all written out. And I hope to have that one published before too long as well. So that's exciting for me. Yeah, that is exciting. Wow. Now, uh, you mentioned your Etsy site. Is that where all of your work is available? Or do you have a website where readers and art enthusiasts can learn more about you and your work? I don't actually have a website as of right now. But yes, I do have my Etsy store. and My Bocket book is available there. And also this new book that I've just illustrated, The Little Red Hen Who Couldn't Lay an Egg, will be available there within the next month. And hopefully if everything goes well, I hope to have my second Boppet book available there as well. So anybody's free to check that out and see what's available there, see what kind of books are coming up. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a bit about yourself and your work. I really enjoyed it. Well, yes, you're welcome. It's just been a pleasure to be here and to talk about my book a bit and have a chat with you. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Jessica Wolgamuth, author of Bop It and No More COVID. To learn more about Jessica and her work, visit her Etsy shop, The Hidden Pine Tree. And be sure to listen to our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com. <laughs>